get here. Hebrews 11. Uh, this is the last section, if you will, of the great faith chapter. So we'll have tonight's, le- tonight's message and probably next week's about the last section here of Hebrews 11. And uh, it's about a group of people. It's not necessarily one individual person. And a lot of the time when we've been going through here, it's been one uh, person by faith, Enoch and Abel and Noah and Abraham. I've really enjoyed going through each one of these and really praying about what to do next. But, but as we look at this, if you will, if you had a title of the message, it would be The Conquest of those with faith, uh, the things that they were able to accomplish, things that they were able to do uh, because of their faith. Uh, Hebrews 11, let's begin reading in verse number 32. The Bible says, and what shall I say more? You know, am I done? You know, I, what else can I say to you about the great faith? Uh, For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and of Barak, and of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in in fight, turned to, f- to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. While you look at this text and you think about these men and women, it says in verse 35, how God was able to work in these folks' life. If we went around the room, that's one thing I love about Sunday nights is hearing testimonies. I love to hear how God is working in your life, how God has answered prayer. And I love to share what God's done. Um, It's important as Christians that we share what God's done. So let's look at this tonight. These men and women that is speaking of, Not any one individual one, it speaks of specifically, but it begins to, it begins by mentioning a group of people. It talks and mentions uh, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, uh, David, and Samuel, and the prophets. So it gives us six different men uh, and groups of people, if you will. That by faith they trusted in Christ. And if you went through the stories of these men and women, you would see that God wrought a great work by the hands of Gideon and Barak and Samson and all those men that I mentioned. But if you will, I believe, I personally believe that that Paul is the author of Hebrews. The Bible doesn't clearly give us that information. But I believe what Paul is doing uh, is giving us, all right, these men are of honorable mention. Uh, These men uh, are not necessarily giving you something specific about each one. But let's talk about what they've done. In verse number 33, the Bible says that they subdued kingdoms. Look at King David, what he wrought. 
when he was a king, how that God was able to use David to conquer many people, how God was able to use Gideon and Barak to subdue the kingdoms that withstood against God. And and even Samson, how God was able to use those men and to subdue the kingdoms and to win. Still to this day, David is looked to be one of the greatest kings ever uh, because of what he did as a leader, as 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 a general or leading his army, but also as a king. He subdued kingdoms. His faith, the Bible says in verse number 33, not only did their faith subdue kingdoms, but their faith wrought righteousness. If you look at each one of these individuals, there were points in their life where they had great holiness, where they were righteous before a holy God. But according to the Bible, it says that they wrought righteousness. They desired righteousness. They wanted righteousness. By faith, they wanted righteousness. They wanted to be holy. We spoke about that a little bit this morning. Be ye holy, for I am holy. We ought to desire to be holy and righteous before God. You understand and know that our righteousness, the Bible says in the Old Testament, our righteousness is as filthy rags. So when I compare my righteousness to God's, see what happens. And a lot of times what happens in our own personal life, we want to compare ourselves among ourselves so that we look better. So that instead of me comparing myself to God, I want to compare myself to my neighbor down the street and see how they're doing. Well, see, well, they still go do that and they still do this and then I'm doing okay. No, I shouldn't compare myself among a fellow Christian. I shouldn't make, uh, compare myself to the neighbor down the street. I ought to compare myself to God. And if we compare ourselves to God, our righteousness is, is, filthy, rags. is filthy rags. That's it. When these men, the Bible says by faith, these men and women wrought righteousness. Our lives ought to bring Righteousness, uh, subdued, subdued kingdoms, righteousness. In verse number 33, I love this one. It says that they obtained promises. Hey, you're looking today at answered prayer. We, 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 we gave testimony of answered prayer. What is that? That's obtaining a promise. What is that promise? Ask and you shall receive. Seek. And ye shall find knock, and the door shall be open unto you. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. A promise from Almighty God is answered. Prayer. By faith, it's not going to come by any other. It's not going to come because we're good. It's not going to come because we work at it. It's going to come because of faith in Jesus Christ and he can help us uh, obtain those promises. As a 12-year-old boy, I obtained the greatest promise to mankind, and that's salvation. Uh, you can look back to the day when you asked Christ to save you. You obtained the best promise in the world, everlasting life. I'm never going to die. I have that promise We've obtained promises of answered prayer. We've obtained promise of salvation. We've obtained promises of him guiding the direction in which we need to walk. And the list goes on to the promises of God. But these men, 
they obtained promises. Look at, look what, I mean, look how God uh, was able to provide and, and, and bring for the prophets of God and David and Samuel and Samson and Jephthah and Barak and Gideon, how God did that for him. In verse number 33, the Bible says that he stopped the mouths of the lions. Can you imagine being Daniel and Daniel being thrown into the den of lions? And they were hungry. They were ready to eat. And I I don't know exactly how it all took place, but I just know that God reached over there and shut their mouth. I don't know if they were making their way to Daniel and they began to come to Daniel and God said, not today. Not today. You're going to get locked jaw. You can't even open up that mouth, you stinking lion. And God shut the mouth of the lion. By faith, David, Daniel shut the mouth to the lion. God was allowed. Well, God did that for, for Daniel in the, in the lion's den, a prophet of God. How amazing that we've seen God work. And God, by faith, he shut the mouth of the lion. What an answered prayer. What a protection, a provision of God that he would protect God's servant. What King Darius must have thought the next morning when he came to, that, came to that hole and saw Daniel standing there riding the lion's back all over across the den, huh? The mouth was shut. The Bible says in verse number 34, it, vent, it quenched the violence of fire. Again, I, I think of the three Hebrew boys that were thrown into the fire. And I, if, I, if my memory serves me right, as you read the scripture, that the men that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, uh, those men that threw them in there died because of the, the fire that was so hot. And they were, they were uh, tied with ropes. And as they stood in there, King Nebuchadnezzar looked down and says, Hey, uh, how many men did we throw in there? It was the Son of God quenching the fire to protect his servants, because of their faith. I, I, I think it says, well, if it be, well, let God choose. Well, just let God choose. If God wants to save us in the fire, he'll save us in the fire. And God chose to send the Son of Man uh, to protect him in the fire. That Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they came out of that fire without a quench of fire on them, without a smell of fire, and their ropes being gone, all because of an almighty God who worked on the behalf of somebody who just simply had faith. These men had great conquest, and we can look back and look and see these men and women who had conquest, subdued kingdoms, and wrought righteousness, and obtained promises, and stopped the mouth of the lions and the violence of the fire. Verse number 34 escaped to the edge of the sword. Who escaped the edge of the sword time and time again? Was it not David who was able to escape the sword of King Saul multiple times because Saul wanted to kill him and Saul wanted to get rid of him and God protected King David when he was just a boy from the edge of the sword. By faith, these men and women Believed in God and God protected them, protected them, escaped the edge of the sword 
over and over again. Now this one, verse number 34. Out of weakness were made strong. God ever taken a weakness of yours and made you strong? I think of Samson. Samson at his lowest point of his life when he had betrayed everything, when he had betrayed his Nazarite vow, when he had betrayed a holy and righteous God and was with a woman he should have never been with and was doing things he should have never been uh, and lost his eyesight, tied to the, to the pillars. And all of a sudden, his weakness was made strong and he brought the house down upon every one of them. And if I, if I remember correctly, that every one of them that died, there was more killed in his death than killed in his life because his weakness was made strong. Maybe God is trying to take your weakness, your weak point, your low point of your life and trying to make you stronger for it. But we need to take our faith at our weakest point. Every one of us are going to have failures. Every one of us are going to get knocked down. Every one of us are going to do things we shouldn't do. But at our lowest point, we got to bring our faith and put it in God so he can bring us and make us stronger. I believe, I personally believe that when we are at our weakest point and we trust God in our weakest point, it will help to increase our faith. It'll help grow our faith. We see that these conquests were done. These conquests uh, out of weakness were made strong. Verse number 34, they were valiant in fight. Can you imagine? I go immediately in my mind to King David before he was king, when the lion and the bear came to get his sheep, and he wasn't going to let that happen. He wasn't equipped. He didn't have a sword. He didn't have a shield uh, and all the fancy stuff to put on his body. No, he just stood up and fought for what was right. Then he goes to battle when he should have been at home. And he came to battle and defeated Goliath, brought his brothers the food that they needed, David uh, fought valiantly. Gideon fought valiantly as they had 300 men versus thousands, thousands of Midianites. And Samson fought valiantly for the children of Israel. And Jephthah and Samuel, the prophet of God, and the many different prophets fought valiantly for this scripture that we hold in our hands today, had it not been for the men of God and the prophets of old, we would not have this Bible we have today. We would not have our faith we have today. We would not have our church we have today. Had it not been for men of God who stood and fought valiantly against the world, against the wickedness, against sin, and sometimes against government. Fought valiantly. You and I would not be in church today if it was not for men and women who fought valiantly for our faith. Verse number 34 says as well, they, fought, they waxed valiant in fight. 
But verse number 34, it says, They turned flight, the armies of the aliens. I don't know exactly for sure what that's talking about, but in my mind, I go to the story when David killed Goliath. And after he got done killing Goliath, all the Philistines, they took off a running. They took flight out of there when Gideon was on the, on the, on the, uh, with the 300 men uh, and they were standing there, they blew the trumpet, they broke the, broke the pitcher and the, and the light shone. All those men took flight and ran out of there because of faith of man, a faith of an individual. God wrought a great work. They brought conquest, conquest, And then lastly, verse number 35, the Bible says women received their dead, raised to life again. I don't know exactly for sure. I would say that it's talking about Elijah and Elisha, both of them raised somebody from the dead. And then you go into the New Testament, there was a man named Jesus who raised a man from the dead. Who was, there was a woman who was, who was a, a Mary and Martha were upset to, that, that their brother had died. And, and here come Jesus right on time and raised him from the dead. Look, we have these men and women to look at and their faith is what wrought these victories. Their faith is what brought this, this uh, if you will, the conquest that they had. And then the Bible says, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. There's going to come a day when I'm going to come up out of the ground. Bible says we've got a better resurrection. I'm going to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. One day, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in the trespasses of sin. Christ saved me, resurrected me, got rid of my sins, brought me to life. That's what he did for me. John chapter 3 and verse number 36, the Bible says in John chapter 3, he says... He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I, my body, might die and be laid in the grave, but that's not me. I'm not going to see death. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Hallelujah. Was it say that we are more than, I, I can't, I don't know that I'm going to quote the verse right, but we are more than conquerors. By faith, they fought valiantly. By faith, they turned flight, the armies of of the aliens. By faith, the women received their dead. By faith, they subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and obtained promises and stopped the mouth of lions and quenched the violence of the fire and escaped the edge of the sword and out of weakness were made strong. Let's increase our faith. Let's trust God. I want victories. 
I want conquest. Victory over sin. Victory. Hey, he stopped the gun, stopped the mouth of the lions. So on and so forth. What victories am I missing out? Because I don't have the faith. What conquest does God desire for me? Because I won't put my faith in Him. With the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, hey, get up, go over yonder. Isn't that what it says? What am I missing out on? Because my faith won't trust the Lord to have the conquest. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for tonight. I pray that you bless our time.